Welcome to the Visegrad Insight Podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. Hello, uh, today is the 23rd of October 2023. Uh, my name is Galen Dahl, Managing Editor of Visegrad Insight, and I'm joined today on the podcast with Alvin Sibira, our Foresight Editor. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Alvin. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, there's a lot in the news, as always. Um, it's, it's hard not to bring up our headline for the Weekly Outlook, which was, of course, uh, Viktor Orban uh, shaking hands uh, rather happily with, uh, with Putin, Vladimir Putin in Beijing. And, um, and I, Alvin, how do you think, what, I mean, you know, our take on it, of course, is that this is leading to a further isolation of, of Hungary. But what, what do you think is the real impact that can kind of come out of this meeting? Well, as you said, first of all, it shows how uh, of an outlier figure Viktor Orban is uh, in, in the Europe, inside the European Union. And one would like to say inside the Central European region after the Polish elections, which uh, we, we saw uh, the ruling PIS uh, win. But failing to secure enough seats in the same in the, parla- in the Polish parliament to actually be able to form uh, um, a ruling coalition. So it looks like um, Viktor Orban's backstop, um, uh, Poland, or, or his his sort of uh, uh, securitization from, from, from uh, having uh, seeing the article, having to deal with Article 7, uh, it has. It, it looks like there's there's going to be a major uh, redrawing on the on the map of Central. Of course, had it not been for the outcome of the Slovak elections, where uh, we see uh, a former prime minister, Robert Fico, and his and his populist Smer party, which during the um, more than three years in opposition, has moved into a much more extremist and, and, and radical positions, and has been um, voicing uh, support uh, for for Vladimir Putin and adopting uh, Kremlin talking points. So we have just seen Robert Fico last week forming a coalition with his former cabinet colleague. Uh, Robert Pellegrini and his uh, more moderate Hlas party, and with the with the, the ultra nationalists uh, SNS, with whom he also uh, once governed, but which after the elections from September 30 has been able to um, bring into the parliament uh, radical deputies, which are not even um, uh, members of of the of, of the ultra nationalist party, and which have been. Mm-hmm, I'm going to pause because you know this is a really interesting point, and uh, we did cover it in you know one of your articles recently, which is great, and I do recommend people look at it. But how did this happen? How did I, I think you have to explain to people because it's a strange situation where you have this party, the SNS, um, which is you know the, the smallest, but still uh, very significant in the fact that they're able to form a government uh, with Hlas and Smear. Um, why do they have so many deputies that are not actually party members? I mean, this is a very good question that not just you, but many people in Slovakia have been asking themselves, how, how could it have happened that there's so many candidates uh, from the SNS list, which were, which were bottom-seated candidates, which are not even party members, and many of whom um, have background in the open and neo-fascist LSNS party, in the Christian fundamentalist uh, life party, and with various other uh, radical, obscure uh, groupings, and, uh, and um, these candidates, they've simply been able to somehow uh, collect a large number of preferential votes, which leapfrog them ahead of the regular, more moderate candidates of SNS. Now, preferential voting means different things in different countries, right? Because like in the States, it can be just ranked choice. But what does it mean here in the Slovak context? Right. So, so in Slovakia, you can, uh, when you're casting your ballot, you, you can, uh, and you, you pick a ballot of an individual party, 
you're, present, you're presented with a list of, of candidates. And what you can do there is you can go, you can scroll down to any, any position. The candidates are their positions from one to whatever the, the, the end number of a, of, a, of a candidate list is. And you can circle your, your candidate that you prefer, which means that you not only cast a ballot for the party, but you also give a preferential vote to that particular candidate. And if there is enough voters who do this, then you can actually boost your preferred, preferred candidate ahead of, of, the, of, the, of the regular lineup. Does this happen often? It, this, this has happened, it, it ha- this has happened um, in, in Slovakia as well as in, in, in the Czech Republic in, 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 the, in the last couple of two, three elections quite frequently. Uh, it happened to, to uh, also at the expense of a, of, a, of a pirate party in 2021 in the, in the Czech Republic, which had a joint list with the mayor's party. But it's quite rare to see it on such a large scale as to actually um, leapfrog nine candidates into, into, the, into the parliament, uh, where, where if the, the uh, original uh, lineup or the original order of the lineup was held, it was not, ma- not as many radicals would have, would have entered. Uh, the, the Slovak parliament on the SNS list. So now, okay, so so basically the, the framework, or let's say the, the, the likely grouping of the coalition of Smear, Hlas, and, and SNS, you have these kind of radical members now. Right. I mean, we have already seen it now, and this is this is one of the one of the one of the um, major news we've also covered in the Outlook uh, with Robert Fico presenting uh, the nominees for his cabinet in Bratislava uh, last uh, last week, and we saw President uh, Zuzana Chaputova turning down uh, the most um, uh, uh, radical, I would uh, I would say, a radical sounding uh, candidate. Who comes from 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 the who, who was who was nominated by the SNS party, uh, and who is a, a, a well-known uh, climate change denier, uh, somebody who's, who's who's referred to the to the uh, fires in the Mediterranean this summer as a doing of as an alleged doing of elites who allegedly, in his worldview, want, want to create an impression that there is something like a climate change. So the most controversial of the controversial, yeah. This is, yeah, I mean, this is just an, an illustration, but obviously this guy, uh, Rudolf Huliak, he has previously been associated with, uh, with, with another outlier um, uh, group in which advocated uh, exit of Slovakia from the EU, from, from NATO. And um, Zuzana Chaputova, she, she exercised what she referred to as a, as a, as a constitutional um, uh, protection, essentially, from bringing in a person who has... A, no qualifications whatsoever to hold a position of a, of a minister of environment and be a person who openly um, uh, uh, questions uh, Slovakia's international obligations. So, so she referred to that as a, uh, as, as a, as a, as a constitutional move to, to, to protect the constitutional order. But what ha- what's happening in the background, we have to remember, is that Robert Fico, while all this big noise in Slovak media is going on about Rudolf Vujak, he's been able to bring in uh, more controversial um, uh, candidates into the cabinet. Most notably, he's been able to bring his, um, his uh, what many Slovak observers refer to right hand, Robert Kaliniak, who faced uh, criminal investigations in the past and was, was aided by the uh, invocation of a, of a controversial uh, part of, of the Slovak criminal code, the so-called uh, paragraph 363, uh, which, which stipulates that the, the, the Supreme Prosecutor can stop an investigation if he thinks there is, a, or if, if he sees there is a, there's a, there's a ground uh, for, uh, or there, there, there occurred some procedural mistakes in the, in the criminal investigation. So it was only thanks to this controversial 
uh, paragraph that, that that Robert Kalinyak was freed of of a, of a criminal investigation, and now he in in the in Fitzgerald's um, cabinet should hold the position of the defense minister, which of course uh, is is, a, is, a, is also a worrying sign sign vis a vis Robert Fitzgerald's uh, tough rhetoric on on Ukraine. He he vowed uh, to end military support of Ukraine, even though it is important to remember that many military analysts point out that he might do that when it comes to the state military aid to Ukraine, but he might be less than willing to do it when it comes to uh, a private uh, uh, businesses um, uh, supplying supplying Ukraine with, with ammunition and with other uh, military ma- material. Uh, primarily also because one of the chief suppliers of, of, of um, the, the ammunition and military ma- material is, is the company called Czechoslovak Group, um, which also has been um, uh, a, a big sponsor of, of, of a populist parties in, in Czechia and Slovakia, including Robert Fico's mayor. And many journalists uh, privately will tell you that uh, Robert Fico and Robert Kalinja, I'm um, sorry, um, uh, um, the founder of the, of, the, of, of the company of the Czechoslovak Group, Jaroslav Sternad, is a, is, a, is, a, is a long-term friend of Robert Kalinjak. So it's unlikely that, that uh, with him in, at the helm of the, of the defense ministry, he would be um, uh, eager to, to, to make moves that would endanger Czechoslovak Group's business uh, interests in, in, in Slovakia, which of course have been boosted by the country's uh, military exports into Ukraine. Well, I'm interested in your uh, kind of your feeling, your analysis of this. Do you think the inclusion of the really controversial environmental nominee, uh, environmental ministry nominee, is that subterfuge? Is it really just subterfuge? I, I think I think what we're seeing is that we're seeing Robert Fito utilizing the most radical elements of SNS to sort of flood the the, the public discourse and, and the political discourse with with these super controversial uh, figures, and uh, while he's bringing in also controversial figures, but in comparison with the radicality of people like Rudolf Huliak, these people may look like as as let's say. A more acceptable version. More acceptable, yes. So another person is uh, uh, Uri Balnar, who's a who's a who's a nominee for the Minister of Foreign Affairs, and who, unlike in Slovakia's uh, more than two decades of uh, uh, history of Slovak diplomacy, he is not a, a career diplomat, which is a which which is which is a significant break from the Slovak tradition of of appointing a career diplomat to head the Foreign Affairs Ministry. Instead, you. It's, it's, it's happened, uh, I mean, there was, a, there was one exception to this, when Mikulaj Zurinda, uh, who is a former prime minister, um, a liberal uh, right-wing, um, uh, pro-EU, pro-NATO, pro-Western prime minister, was heading uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs. And then we would have to go back all the way to the 1990s, uh, to the, to the, to the uh, strongman's Vladimir Mechans, Mechar's era, to look for another instance where this has happened. So, you know, in, in a, the comparisons between the two have been made many times that's it. It's not, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a good comparison. And of course, an important thing to note is that um, Mr. Bolnar, he's a, he's a, a, a FITSO loyalist. So, so while we still uh, don't have um, signs of, of what um, uh, FITSO's or, or cabinet's foreign policy will be, from these uh, cabinet nominations, we can infer that the signals are are, are worrying, and uh, and that uh, there is a there is probably a, uh, a, a justification to those who feared that with Fito coming in, Orban will have um, uh, uh, an ally essentially in in his in his isolated position inside the EU, and it may well be that while um, 
Tusk's um, incoming cabinet uh, or formation of the incoming cabinet is delayed by by Andrzej Duda and and uh, and, uh, and other uh, PIS officials in Polish administration. In the meantime, uh, there will be um, a cabinet in Slovakia that will be a uh, Fitzolat cabinet in Slovakia that will be willing to protect Viktor Orban from Article Seven. Yeah, no, it it is fascinating. Now, in line with this, in line with their, shall we say, their realignment towards Russia, I mean. Can you walk us through just briefly what happened with Fizzo? Because Fizzo hasn't always been kind of looking eastward. So what do you think happened and when did this kind of occur? Within the so there, there, there are um, a couple of remarkable developments uh, in, in, in Robert Fizzo's career. Uh, so, so just to do like a very super brief dip, it, it needs to be mentioned that uh, initially Fizzo found its mayor as a, as a social democratic, uh, I would even say, but, or not just me, but other uh, Slovak analysts and commentators would probably tell you that uh, it was um, set up as, a, as essentially a liberal social democratic party in, in the Western style. Many people would compare it to that time in two decades ago to perhaps the, the, the Labour Party of Tony Blair, uh, as, as, um, uh, as, as Fico would also uh, was, was trying to look as a, as a pro-Western and, 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 um, and essentially uh, uh, a pro-European politician. And, and uh, Interesting comparison. Th- th- yeah. there, was, there was, of course, uh, this, 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 we're talking about the early uh, 2000s. And then we have this, uh, his other um, stand in power, which was in 2010s, and where Fito was, as, as we've already mentioned at the beginning, was, was ruling actually with uh, Robert Pellegrini, who was then um, um, a member of the Smear Party, and with the ultranationalist SNS. And this is the time when actually Fito had a constitutional majority in the parliament, and he did not take Slovakia down the liberal path. And this is what many people have been pointing out ahead of the elections, saying that uh, with Fito now uh, moving uh, towards more extremist positions to capture. Uh, more of a, a radical electorate and to bring himself back into the parliament, he may, we may see him tune down from the rhetoric, but so far this is not happening. And then the last important point that we need to, in sort of this like super brief uh, tour of Robert Fico's history mention, is that uh, while he was in, in opposition uh, during the, the, the previous cabinet of uh, Igor Matovich and, um, and, um, and Eduard Heger, there were num- uh, several... Um, Police investigations into into the era of of uh, uh, smear in power into the 2010s era, and uh, this uh, actually directly uh, involves several high-ranking uh, members of the smear party, as well as officials linked to the smear party. That even one of the officials actually cooperating with the police, and uh, and uh, and uh, many commentators in Slovakia are alleging that uh, Robert Fico. His return to politics is is actually at least in part driven by his attempt to secure himself and secure his smear party from these criminal investigations. So there is a very uh, high alert uh, and, and legitimate concern that Fizzo will will try to meddle with these um, uh, criminal investigations. That he will try to ban police and judiciary, which will, of course uh, worry is that it will have a dire effect on the rule of law in Slovakia. And this is also in part an explanation to some why uh, Robert Fizzo has radicalized so, so much. Uh, and that is that he, he's, he's been trying to tap into this far-right anti-establishment electorate in order to boost his uh, uh, performance in the elections, which, as we saw on September 30, uh, looks like it has, has worked for him. I mean, this is a technique that's been echoed by you know, several kind of non-democratic leaders uh, across the Western world, so it's, it's not surprising. My question, I guess, would be going forward, do you think that there are enough check and balances within the Slovak system 
to, uh, to to kind of hold it in place to, or will the is the rule of law a little bit more precarious as in the cases like Hungary and of course Poland but we're seeing obviously hopefully we're doing some things in Poland. I think what, what needs to be said first of all is that it, it, uh, the rule of law in Slovakia appears to be stronger than Poland and in, in, in Hungary and that, that I mean we, we could just uh, look at the, the na- nations in transit um, analysis it's it's a and a several other um, uh, international assessments uh, Slovakia is seen as having a, a more resilient uh, society civil society a mo- and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a more re- resilient rule of law environment however uh, we've seen uh, Robert Fica uh, clearly pointing his finger at the head of police uh, uh, Mr. Hamran who is who many uh, analysts would tell you has been doing a, a good job handling the, the 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 police investigations overseeing police in the middle of the of, of a very heated and aggressive um, election campaign and uh, and 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 many analysts would tell you that it, it probably uh, will not take uh, long to feature to to dispose of Hamran and he may even step 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 down himself rather than than going into into a campaign that undoubtedly will will will, will smear his name and and will will well the- that kind of echoes the pressure that's been put on the president, doesn't it? I mean, she was right, right. Uh, that that I mean, the, the, it's it's important to say that that the president has already said she won't um, uh, seek re-election, and that this brings us to next year when when the the elections will be held. They should be held some some held somewhere sometime between February and April of next year. So very soon there will be another elections in Slovakia. There's a lot of speculation that uh, Mr. Pellegrini might actually run. Uh, to, to be to be Slovakia's president, which actually ties to a lot of speculations in in Bratislava, uh, 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 explaining why Pellegrini uh, struck a deal with Robert Fico so quick, uh, because his 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 last party, uh, more moderate uh, left left leftist last party, is is uh, we have to remember um, a breakaway party of Smer. And, and it's widely seen that Robert Fico and Smer uh, officials are exercising a huge influence over Hlas. And um, as, as many, uh, such as the head of the Pradislava Policy Institute, um, Mr. Vasichka, pointed out, uh, it's uh, quite to be expected that the Hlas party will be hollowed out in this coalition by Smer. And then other analysts said that basically uh, it's, it's, it's for, in a, in a foreseeable future that the Hlas could uh, incorporate back into Smer. So, so to actually um, utilize the, the the elections next spring and have Robert Pellegrini run as a candidate would make sense if indeed this turns out to be the case. I mean, it would make sense for Robert Fico to sort of send um, Robert Pellegrini, which as we've seen does not appear like a person who would who would be willing to stand up to Fico, even though this goes against some of his early statements. But at least when it comes to the coalition formation, which was a rudimentary and historical moment for Slovakia. He, he, he clearly yielded way to his uh, former boss quite quickly. Oh, wow. Well, thank you, Alvin, for that take. I really appreciate it. It's a lot to, we have to kind of follow with Slovakia. Uh, developments are kind of ongoing. And we know that the, the European uh, summit or the EU summit that's kind of happening later in the week that Fico hopes to be there. We'll see if that'll be the case. Um, but thank you very much. Really appreciate your time. Thank you.